Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kimes Times podcast. This will be the Discord and Kimes Valley episode one. Um, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Switch, among other things. I'm here with my friend Cameron. Hi, Internet. Hello. Um, so we're going to be talking, first of all, about the Nintendo Switch. So let's get into that. Cameron, what were your opinions on it? What are my opinions on the Nintendo Switch? Well, let's be honest, it's a mixed bag. There are some good parts to it and some bad parts to it. Yes, there are. So let's start with the good parts just to, uh, you know. Okay, well, where do you want to start? There's a lot of places we could start. There are indeed, yes. Um, I guess we could start with uh, some of the games that are coming out with it look okay, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got Legend of uh, Zelda, which is probably their main title that they're hoping for. Because we've been waiting for a Zelda game for a good while now. Yeah, we have. And it, and it looks decent. Like, it, it imagine Shadow of the Colossus met Zelda, you know? It's, it's yeah, it good. looks like it's going to be a great game. For there, sure. There's, um, oh, the other games I know that are coming out for it. There's Splatoon 2, which I played the first one, and that was a fun game. Yeah. So I can be excited for that. What do you think about the new Mario game that's coming out? I do have some uh, criticisms for that. I don't know what to think yet. The trailers look interesting. Looks like they're taking a different direction with it. Um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, I don't know how I feel about a Super Mario game in uh, in the real world. Real setting? Yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense to me. I think they should have kept it less realistic and as cartoony yeah. as it has been. Oh, yeah, it makes me worry. Oh, I'm worried about that realistic setting because the last time a big mascot platformer tried that, he fell on his face. Yeah. His name was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and to be fair, that's not all his fault. There's a lot of problems there. All right, so um, on the side note of games for the uh, Nintendo Switch, the screen is a little small and the battery life is kind of crap. So how do you think people will respond to that? Oh, mm, I wouldn't respond very well to that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, it's one of the criticisms I have with the Wii U gamepad. It's not the only one, but that's one of them. Yeah, I, I I definitely had a problem with the Wii U gamepad. Uh, I felt, I mean, Nintendo's always been a little gimmicky. Uh, for instance, with the Wii, the only reason I even liked the Wii was because of the motion control, which was new at the time. Um, yeah, the waggle. Yeah, the DS was like, oh, we've got two screens. One's a touch screen. Ooh, you know. Uh, they know how to make the DS that work. Yeah, and and. I guess the DS was okay, but their last good console was the GameCube. Yeah, no, at least it was the GameCube. Yeah, the only the only gimmick with the GameCube was probably the shape. <laughs> How incredibly tiny it is. Yeah, it's like oh, the GameCube is actually a cube that plays games. Uh, you know, it's it's so much simpler. It doesn't leave as much room for error as, uh, for instance, a tablet that turns into a tablet with a remote control. <laughs> I turned into a lot. Oh god! It, the Switch is the pinnacle of gimmickiness. It really is. It's like, what I'm can we? It will not use it right. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think the mass population is really into Nintendo anymore. I really think that their release of Pokemon Go and then the new Pokemon games was solely for building hype for whatever they put out next, because they kind of fell off the radar. The new Pokemon games were really good, especially yeah. compared to the last two generations mm-hmm. but i see what you mean yeah um sun and moon was was uh interesting i i'm still not certain about because i i haven't played both of them 
Um, I've only played part way through uh, Sun, but I have to under I don't quite get the difference between Sun and Moon because, as far as I'm aware, there's similar games, right? That's how Pokemon's always worked. They always release two games that are basically the same version, just the difference between the version of Pokemon you can acquire. It requires yeah. you to either have a friend with the other version or have both everything. I see. Okay. Because I know that online trading, that's not a problem. I know that in Moon, uh, there were a lot of Rattatas, and in Sun, there were a lot of Young Gooses, also known as. That's a night and day difference. Yeah, known known as um, uh, Tiny Donald Trump, Young Goose. Oh God, I I feel so sorry for Young Goose and Gum Juice, but that's a bit off topic. (laughs) (laughs) So, but let's go back to the gamepad and this geekiness for the moment. You know what my worst criticism for this gamepad is? What's that? They barely used it. For what it could do. That's that's true. The only games that I can think of that use this well, and I only played one of these, were was Fatal Frame and Star Fox Zero. Yeah, because with we don't talk about Star Fox. Uh, so with uh, with the Wii, you had to give them one thing. Every single game that came on the Wii just about used the Wii. Um, yes. it, it wasn't it wasn't like they were releasing GameCube games on the Wii because you could just play old GameCube games if you wanted to. So. Yeah. Every game, even like Tory Bash, you had to point the remote at the screen. That's something that was we particular with the Switch thing. It, it seems like they're just having an excuse to release a console to put more games on so that people will buy them. The Switch has potential. I can see it. Potential. I can see. I, I can see people lining up on launch night. Yeah. And just I want them to actually use their peripheral this time and not make the gamepad a glorious second, an overglorified second screen. Yeah. Because Fatal Frame used it well and Star Fox Zero used it well, even if Zero's control scheme is not everyone doesn't like it, but it works. Like, what do you what are your thoughts on the design of the actual Switch? How it actually looks? Uh, I mean, honestly, I like how it looks because Nintendo's always been good about having the systems being smaller and portable, which is something I've always liked. Yeah. Because I take my systems with me everywhere I go, and I have a PS4 back at home, but I don't like taking it around with the TV. I mean, yeah, nobody wants to carry around an Xbox One or a PS4, except for maybe the new PS4 Slim, if you're into that. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Now, I like the colors, and by that I mean the black and gray. I, yeah, I think that I think it looks good with the black and gray. Um, did Did you catch if it came out in different colors? I didn't catch that. I think the Joy Cons might come out in different colors. Yeah. You know, there was that one video that they did in the trailer where it was just them playing tennis. Um, but but you couldn't tell what they were really doing. It was like they were playing ping pong, but with no paddles or ball. They just looked dumb. And you couldn't tell what game it was either because it was a still image transposed onto mm-hmm. the screen. Um, because m- what I'm assuming is that was a prototype that didn't actually work. And yeah. with this right here that I'm looking at, it's got a picture of the new Legend of Zelda game transposed onto the screen. And that, that makes me worried because I feel like they've transposed a really high-resolution picture of it onto what could potentially be a very low-resolution screen. Yeah. I mean, it looks great, but will it look great on the Switch? That's the question. That's the question. The real question is whether we're running at 60 FPS on the Switch. I doubt it. Severely, I don't think has Nintendo ever put anything out in 60 FPS. No, that's yeah. the thing that usually does. They sacrifice quality for 60 frames. They like to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, 
which yeah. I don't mind because I like my 60 frames over my pretty games. Well, consoles are typically 30 FPS, right? Like, I mean, now that we have next gen, some of them run 60 FPS, but even the Xbox 360, for instance, was like, I think it was even limited at, at 30 FPS. Yeah, some systems, I know they're promising that, you know, Breath of the Wild would be in 60 FPS, but I don't know how that possibly kept. One, one qualm I have with the controller design for the Switch is the oh, thumbsticks. Oh, yeah. So it, it looks like they've mirrored the actual, like, it looks like they've just flipped one upside down. Um, and oh, yeah. they, they didn't, know. it's like they didn't think, how are you going to use the, th- I don't know. It, I'm feeling you're only meant to use one of them. The left one I can see using your thumb on, but the right one looks like you're supposed to use the heel of your palm on it. It's so low. I don't know. It, it looks weird. Yeah. Then again, you know. Nintendo is gimmicky. Not a bad thing, but it can be. Yeah. So, speaking of Nintendo, we were going to talk about uh, Chrono Trigger because of our nostalgic sensibilities. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Oh, it was, I love the game. I'm just kidding. I remember, you know, like I said previously, um, before we recorded, I said that I owned the game and did eventually lose it, so I never made it through the game. But I do remember very fondly the moments I had with it before I lost that cartridge. It's a fantastic game. It really is. That story was just amazing. And um, I also mentioned that uh, I didn't know that Akira Toriyama had done the character design. Um, But now having watched Dragon Ball Z, I noticed the very, very particular similarities. Um, He has this... It's a very distinct style. I don't know. And also Frog, or Glenn, as he's known later on. Yeah. Um, It's really funny if you name him Glenn early on, and then... Later on, it's like, because I did that, I was like, my friend was like, dude, just name the frog Glenn, because I was playing next to my friend. And later on, I remember I got to the point where I figure out he's Glenn, and it's just like, it turns out Glenn is actually Glenn, or something like that. And you're just like, well, I almost left his name as Gleg, because that was really (laughs) funny. (laughs) It really was funny to me. Uh, Oh, God. That that just reminds me of a... a playthrough of Pokemon and they where I named myself I Never. I Never. Well, the Game Grumps named their character and son uh, uh, Dang Dude, comma, I. So it's like, ah, oh, dang, <laughs> dude. I. How's it going? <laughs> it, 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 it's fun to do stuff like that. But, oh, uh, oh, yeah. I remember naming uh, Link all sorts of funky stuff in the past. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't specifically remember, but Pokemon has always been my favorite go-to for naming weird characters. So, uh, to go back to Chrono Trigger for a moment, uh, so you never completed the game? I actually never did get a chance, no. You know the game was like, oh god, I don't remember how many endings there, so it's so many. I do remember that it had like 17 or something endings. It's a lot. I know the DS version and the original version have a different number, because the DS added mm. more, yeah. because more was needed. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, I, I don't want to leave this out of this, uh, this podcast, because if we're going to talk about Chrono Trigger, we have to mention it's extremely innovative in the way that it was probably one of the first video games to be entirely in real time. Yeah, it's in, it's innovative in quite a few ways. It, it was like, just besides that, quite a few ways. Yeah. Yeah, and it was one of the first video games that things happened in the game that had nothing to do with you. They were just happening, whether you liked it or not. For instance, it in the in the tutorial part, the carnival in the beginning, like you have all these people running around uh, in a race, and you know you can you can bet on the race, but if you if you talk to the bookie, I guess. Uh, while the race is going on, he's like, shush, and watch the race. 
he doesn't care if you want to get in on the action. He he, the race is happening. You know, that was that blew my mind, honestly. Oh yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on besides yeah. the game. Like back back when I had Chrono Trigger, I was still playing like Doom, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> I wasn't playing modern games, I guess you could call them. But uh, I had a crappy E Machines computer that could barely run Doom, uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and uh, yeah, it was kind of awkward, but. Um, I mean, I remember playing the Quake uh, version or the Quake engine game uh, of Star Trek Voyager, um, which was really interesting for me, actually. Uh, I still play it every now and then because I liked it a lot. Um, uh, another way Corner Trigger was very innovative is this new game plus mode that it does have. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is one of the first games to introduce the idea. Clearly, I never got there, but, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't get through the endings without using new game plus. Basically, some of the endings you beat the game within like 10 minutes. Yeah. Because you retain everything in the new game plus. You know, speaking of, I was speaking of Star Trek earlier. Um, here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that the first episode of Star Trek aired closer to the 19th Amendment ratification than it did to today? Huh. Yeah, there's a there's a real fun fact for you. I mean, Shatner uh, uh, kissed, I, I can't remember her name, um, but whenever he kissed her, uh, everyone was in an uproar because of the interracial kiss, and I don't even think that was allowed on TV back then. So, Jeez. so they were like breaking social norms with uh with a budget of like fifty dollars an episode. Crazy. Yeah. So, I wanted to also uh, talk about the Last Guardian. So I guess we ought to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know how much. Well, I can only say about what I heard. That's about it. It's okay. Um, I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I have seen a lot of gameplay of it, so I guess that makes me uh, a little bit of an advantage here. But um, I've seen like no gameplay. I'm just purely on what I've heard. Yeah, um, but we can talk about the actual game itself and not the gameplay or the story, because we can talk about the amount of hype that it contained, um, and then and then how it kind of faded out of everybody's mind, popped up out yeah. of nowhere. It uh, probably yeah. one of the most. Um, uh, misfortunate moments for it because it had just faded out of everyone's mind entirely But when they popped up. But when they did, people looked at it and they remembered. They were like, oh yeah, that was supposed to happen. And they played it and they were horribly disappointed. But we won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard very mixed things about it. Like I had a friend who really liked the game, but he, I don't know if it's just him, but he got motion sick while playing. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I can understand it. I've seen it, and there is a lot of twisting and turning in it. So, talking from a technical standpoint, that game is beautiful with the way that it renders the uh, the feathers on Trico. Because I've I've never seen a game that was able to do that. I think it uses Nvidia's Hairworks. Okay. Um, but if if Shadow of the Colossus had had that kind of technology, imagine how much more beautiful it would have been. Not to say it that it wasn't is. already beautiful, yeah, because it definitely was. Uh, and is for its time it was great and even now it still looks pretty good yeah it's it still holds up so i have no no qualms about shadow of the colossus whatsoever except for maybe the slightly sad ending oh well, that's just how it is <laughs> also when i played shadow of the colossus um and i i got to the end i was like that was a lot shorter than i thought it would be it's a really short game i don't know how yeah. short the first game is but shadow of the colossus is pretty short you just run through it after all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It depends on how much the puzzle bosses actually hang it, you know, keep you going. Try to think about it. 
If I had no problems, I probably got to the last few badges. So, uh, I want to really thank you for being on this podcast with me, by the way. No problem. It's not a big deal. I'm not doing much. I just got packed school. All right. I think we're just going to go ahead and end it here. It's almost right. about, it's about to hit 20 minutes. So <laughs> that'll be long enough to upload, uh, clearly because it's going to be a nightmare to edit this and publish it. So again, thank you for showing up and, right. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look forward to having you on the next episode if you're not busy. Shouldn't be. It's only the first week of school. Yeah. I say that, but you anything know. can happen, right? Yeah, that's life. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. No problem. This has been the Discord and Kimes Valley podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you can hear um, every episode if you become a Patreon of mine. Uh, Patreon will be on the screen right now. If you want to hear just, if you're okay with hearing just one a month or, or one every two months, then you can by all means be a free listener. I have no problem with that. Uh, becoming a Patreon of mine will allow you to become a Discord member and you'll be able to be in these podcasts with me. So thank you very much for listening. And if you do become a Patreon of mine, I would very much appreciate it because it'll help me uh, keep doing this podcast and afford better equipment, better audio quality, and less of this robotic voice that you just heard. I'm not going to be able to fix that in this episode, but in the future I will be able to. So, so thank you again for listening, and I'll keep you posted.